Welcome to the Kate Take Podcast with me, your host, Kate Brown. I'm a millennial mama, wife, health and business mentor, and currently in the wonderful, messy middle, navigating the ups and downs of life, entrepreneurship, and building big dreams. At the age of 24, I decided I wanted more from life and a career and stepped into the world of building a part-time business alongside my teaching career. I was able to grow that part-time business into a full-time endeavor, and here I am seven years later. Along the way, I've had a lot of fun, I've failed, I've learned, I've grown a lot, and you know what? I want you to do the same. I know what it's like to want more from life, but not know where to start. I know what it's like to want to reach that next goal, but feel like it's taking forever to get there. I know what it's like to navigate the messy middle and try to figure out your next steps, and that's what the Kate Take is all about, to help take you from inspiration into action every single day, taking one step forward to build your dream life. Each week, I'll share my take or an inspiring guest take on life, business, motherhood, growth, and every single thing in between. All right, you ready? Let's do the damn thing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Kate Take Podcast. It's me, Kate, and I am so excited for my guest that is sitting down with us today. I'm sitting here with Alex Zahner, and she uh, helps sober and sober curious humans discover the magic of alcohol-free living. She's the host of the Creating Ripples podcast, the co-founder of the Emboldened Mama Community, which is a community created to connect mamas through real-life stories, connection, fitness classes, and wellness seminars. She's also the mom to two beautiful children, and today she's going to speak with us on sober living, sober curiosity, and how it can help you in your life. So Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Yeah, I am really excited that you're here too. And I just think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. I'm not sober, but I am married to somebody who's um, been in recovery for, he just hit nine years. Um, so freaking cool. And you just hit, what was it? Seven and a half? Eight years. Yeah. Yeah. That's so freaking incredible. And what really drew me to your page and your Instagram and all the things is like the idea of even sober curiosity. And I just think that there's so much I don't know. It's, it's curiosity, right? Like there's so much that goes into it. And I just think you have a really incredible way of sharing your journey with your audience. And I just think that it's something that I know even sometimes myself and my girlfriends, it'll come up like, what if we were always sober? Like, what if we didn't drink at all? Like, and I'm really curious and I'm really excited to dig into this with you because as someone who's married to somebody in recovery, um, it's just a journey. Like when one of you is sober and one of you is not, and you know, that's a whole different ball game of how do you have that conversation? But I just think you're freaking inspiring as hell. And I just want to know all the things. So I'll Thank shut you. up. And <laughs> can you just start kind of telling us, Alex, like what led you to this work with sober living recovery, sober curiosity, and, and how do you like to be kind of referred to like you're sober, you're in recovery. Cause I know yeah. everyone feels different about that too. Yeah. So I myself um, got sober at 24. And when I got sober, there wasn't like a ton of recovery options available. Um, It was really like AA. Um, There were people in the recovery space and in the sober space that were working on providing more options for people that didn't feel like AA was the right fit for them. Because I think for a lot of people, they might have ventured into AA and felt like, 
that was the perfect home. And a lot of people might've felt like this isn't for me. And then maybe they went back out drinking. And so over the last few years, there's been a lot more people popping up to offer people more modalities um, to recover, to get sober, to explore sober um, living. And I think for me personally, like my journey has been kind of all over. So I got sober by doing an outpatient program NAA, and that worked for me for about five and a half years of my sobriety journey. And then um, I became a mom and the pandemic hit and I started to have kind of this shift around like one for me, um, like, what do I want to be doing? What example do I want to be setting for my kids? And like, Two, like, does AA still feel in alignment with where I'm at in my sobriety journey? Because I think AA does a beautiful job of cultivating community and connection and guiding people into sobriety and showing them what's possible. But where I was at, there was some different things that I was searching for in my sober journey. And that was connecting with other people, specifically for me, women that were also sober, that were in their 20s and 30s, which I didn't have any connections in my AA group loved the wisdom and knowledge that I had imparted on me, but I was seeking more of friendship. And so for me, I created a group out of women that I had happened to meet like over the years in sobriety and brought us all together to virtually start meeting. And I instantly had a love of getting to create this space to have us all connect, but also to cultivate like friendship. And it was just really, really beautiful. And that made me realize like, wait, is this something that I, like, I want to do? I've had tons of conversations with people in my sobriety journey that have asked me about like, what's it like? How do I get started? Like all all these one-off conversations. And I was like, what if I could create a space myself to help people and to navigate sobriety. And so that was kind of what led me into wanting to do this more in terms of like being a sober coach and just showing people really what is possible living a life that is alcohol free. Because I think we have this image, at least I had this image of like what an alcoholic was before I myself got sober. I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. An alcoholic is like, an old man that sits at home and drinks every single day. Like we have this image and that wasn't me. And it was really hard for me to step into that space and feel like I didn't know if the label was right for me. And over the years, like I did identify as an alcoholic early in my sobriety journey. And now I just, I will use it time to time, but I say, I more often say like, I'm sober, I'm alcohol free. Um, It's more, I view it as like moving away from like this box thinking and labels and just like, cause I think that can deter people and just saying like, you get to decide what your label is. Like, is it sobriety? Is it recovery? Is it, are you an alcoholic? Are you alcohol free? Like whatever works for you. And I think as an entire sober space and community, that's the way we're kind of shifting to is like, it's not just like alcoholic or non-alcoholic. It's like, there is a lot of like spectrum there. And there's a ton of spectrum in terms of the right modalities for people to venture into sober living or alcohol freely living, whatever it is that you want to call it. Dude. I, I love your story. I just find it So, um, and again, I resonate it, resonate with you as the spouse to someone who's in recovery. And I find it just, it's what I really am hearing from this. And what I'd love to dig into a bit more is it's like, you didn't see what you wanted to exist. So you created it. 
And for you, that was in this, you know, sober space, recovery space, however it is you want to define it. And I think that's just so key for women and anyone listening to this. It's like, if it doesn't exist, it doesn't mean that it shouldn't. Like you could be that person that goes out there and creates that and benefits or help somebody else along the way just by sharing your own story. And there's so much power in that. So can you kind of, I'm curious about where did you start then to say, I know you said you kind of like got a group together, but when did it really start clicking then? Like, oh wait, I'm, I'm on to something here. Like I'm going to create the space that I wish existed. Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So when my group started, it'll be two years in February. So it was, like I said, a bunch of women that I knew that were already sober and we decided to start meeting on Tuesdays. And I loved what was creating there. And like, honestly, they are now my best friends, which I like think back to where I was early on in sobriety, where I felt good and I felt proud of myself, but I definitely felt alone um, out of the AA rooms in terms of like having like connection with people that understood why I wanted to continue being sober, like why I was living this alcohol-free life. And like, I appreciate all my friends that still do drink, but there's just something to be said about connecting with other people that are sober and like the ways in which you just have to navigate life because alcohol is so ingrained in our society and culture. Um, And so for me, I honestly saw for the first time that Hey, there is other options um, because Holly Whitaker, who wrote the book, quit like a woman, mm-hmm. she had um, her page was called hip sobriety. And I started to see like her pop up. And then there was another woman called like the sober glow. And like, they started posting on social media and like Holly was talking about like creating a space outside of AA because it didn't work for her, but there like wasn't other options. And so she founded this group, the Tempest online. And I love the Tempest. And I started being a member there virtually um, for the workshops and they do have like virtual meetings, but I still was like seeking more depth and more like smaller knit community and connection. And so when I started to feel that in my group on Tuesdays, um, I realized like maybe I could like do all the things that I've learned. Like I feel like over eight years I've learned a lot and I want to apply that to other people. And so I started to see like Googling like sober coaching and like there's all these other people that were sober coaching, but in their own way. And I'm a big believer that like, even though there might be other people doing something similar, like there are a lot of people that podcast, nobody's going to do it the exact same way as you. And because I was already having a ton of conversations with people, I was like, I think that I could help more people beyond like grabbing coffee and talking with them. Like, I think I could create this space. And so that was kind of like the catalyst of like, I love what's happening on Tempest, but I like want it to be like more close knit, a deeper dive, like real connection. And so I launched my first group in August called wildly sober and there's six people doing it. And they all ended up being from Minnesota. And we got to meet last week in person for the first time. And it was just so cool. Like they hugged each other when we got there and they they like felt like they knew each other and they only met the beginning of September and then hugged when they left and we're planning like our last group meeting. And they're like, can we do in person again? And it's like, that's what I wanted to create was 
helping people to realize like you choosing to remove alcohol from your life. We're told that when we remove alcohol, we're going to lose out on so much. And I wanted to show people like that's simply not true. Like when you can shift your mindset and actually see like you're going to gain so much, removing alcohol is going to show you this entirely new way of living. I talked about this on my Instagram a few months ago of just like, Thinking of it as like, if you woke up one day and like everything looked blurry and then somebody gave you like a new pair of glasses and you could finally see clearly, it's like, it's just being able to like view life in a whole new way. And I think alcohol does that and going totally alcohol free isn't for everybody, but like you were asking about with the sober curiosity, sober curiosity is just you taking the time to question how alcohol is showing up in your life. And it might even be just like totally going alcohol free for like a period of time and exploring what that like full sober living could look like. And you might find like, Hey, this actually feels really great. I only want to drink on certain occasions, or you might find like, this really drives with me and my lifestyle and I don't want to drink anymore. Or you might just reduce the amount of alcoholic drinks you have. Now that's not for everybody. There are definitely people where like medical help is the right pathway. But I think what is so cool is you don't have to necessarily be like I was where I probably would have kept drinking um, the same way if I just did like a month on a month off. I tried moderating and that just didn't work for me. And I had to go do outpatient and like really get like that more like firm guidance, I would say. Um, But it's recognizing like if you are even in the slightest bit listening to this and you're a little bit curious of like, gosh, I'm a little bit intrigued. Like, what could my life look like? but you're feeling paralyzed because it seems so impossible. Like explore that, like feeling, explore that, like gut reaction. That's telling you something for a reason. And it doesn't mean you have to remove alcohol completely, but like get curious about it. Like get a little bit intrigued, start to do some research, find some groups, get plugged in and like really look at what is possible because we're constantly inundated with, drink this, drink that, you know, but you might not even be seeing like the other people out there that are showing you like, this is my sober life. This is my alcohol free life. Like start to explore it a little bit and see really the true possibilities that are available to you. Oh yes. It's, it's so key what you said in there too, of like, you have to find what works for you. And I don't want to, you know, speak for my husband, but you know, for him for years, it was on his own you know, well, he went to lots of treatment, but, you know, and eventually for him, he's found an AA group connected through our church and it is like ride or die. It has made such a difference in his journey and he attests where he is now. And for him, he's like, I identify more in recovery now because of this community in this space, Mm -hmm. rather than just like sober to him was like, every day I'm trying to stay sober where for him, he's like, when I'm, you know, you're never fully for him. He's like, I'm not fully ever recovered. I'm for him, he's like, I'm always going to be an alcoholic, but I just think it's so key that it's like, whether it be a therapist or, you know, a gym class or whatever it is, it's like, find what actually works for you. Like just because it's the first doctor or therapist or group or whatever, you know, you can apply what you did there to other areas of your life where it's like your intuition knows. And if you don't shut up and get quiet enough for your intuition to say, 
hey, maybe this this way of modality isn't working for me or even do I need to get sober? Do I need to try it for a little bit? Like mm-hmm. even not just inundated with like mommy wine culture and all that kind of shit. It's just like, are, are you taking a minute to not be scrolling TikTok, not be on Instagram, not listening to a podcast? Like get freaking quiet with yourself and listen mm-hmm. to that voice inside of yourself because what is it actually saying? I love that. I, I think what's important to what you're talking about is recognizing like one, if you are feeling like that a little bit of curiosity, knowing that like you might try, go out and try a modality and it might not jive with you. Don't let that be what deters yes. you from continuing to follow that like little feeling inside. Like it takes trying different things on, but the biggest thing that I think is like, if you are not plugged into a community or have at least one person that like is really supporting you and walking the sober path with you, um, it feels very isolating and community and connection is like a must have in this journey. And there's so many things available, um, for you to find that. Um, and I think that's how you also learn like about all the different modalities that are available to you. Cause there's so many different things out there now. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you know, you, you have to be brave enough to keep searching. That's the thing because it's, Mm. it's scary to keep putting yourself out there. And, um, you know, again, to go back to my husband's AA group, same thing when he found this group. Now he's like the leader of like finding like the 35 year olds who are like, you know, parents or like professionals. Cause same thing. He was like, it's just, you know, it's, you think of like an old dude with like a cigarette hanging from his mouth. And it's like, that's not what an alcoholic necessarily is or someone exploring <laughs> yep. that. But I think it's so cool that you created it. You've forged forward. And it just proves that like, wherever you're struggling, somebody else out there is probably struggling with it too. And if you're brave enough to listen to that intuition and step into it, like look at the lives that you can impact, like, and Mm -hmm. imagine like those six women that you just had, well, shit, there's no limit to how many people they can go help. That ripple effect is just so key. Um, I want to ask you, Alex, because I think you do such a great job on your podcast and your social media kind of busting limiting beliefs and whether that be, you know, busting the limiting belief of, you know, do I need to be so like, you know, everything surrounding sobriety, but also the limiting belief of what if I try to open this up to other people and no one like shows up. So can you talk about like the misconceptions around like limiting beliefs, abundance, like kind of how does that all play into each other? Because I think whether that be, I need to stop drinking or even if it's not a drinking thing, if it's like, oh, I have this idea, but man, she already did it. Like, how the heck do you shut mm. that voice up and bust through limiting beliefs? Because it's fucking hard. All right, friend, if you have been listening to the Kate take for any length of time, you know that I am one proud mom and I have an 18 month old daughter. You also have heard me share on this podcast, how much bringing her into this world has truly impacted my life in so many positive ways, but also really rocked my world for a while there. And it's something that I'm still working through. And what I have realized is that there is so much power in community and sharing our stories and specific specifically in this realm of sharing my experience going through birth trauma and going through therapy and doing all the things to kind of find myself again after becoming a mom and going through this. And I am so excited to bring this to you. 
because I just know that every single time I share about this experience, my inbox is flooded with women saying, you're reading my mind. That's exactly how I feel. Like you're taking the words right out of my mouth. And so I'm really excited because I am going to be leading at the end of the month, a three day masterclass to finding fulfillment in your health and fitness routine after birth trauma. And I am calling it build back better mama three-day masterclass. And who is this for? This is for somebody who's gone through a traumatic birth experience and feels like nobody understands what they went through. This is for the woman who maybe had a great routine before she became a mom, but now that she's a mom, she feels scattered. She feels like her health and fitness routine is all over the place and she's struggling getting that consistency going. This is also for the woman who's navigating that messy middle of the emotional and physical trauma from her birth and just really wants wants to be in a community and learn from someone and talk with someone who's been through this themselves. And more than anything, this is a masterclass and this is a series for a woman who's just seeking a way to find fulfillment in her health and fitness routine in this new season of life. And she just truly wants to do it alongside a community that gets it. If that's you, if that's someone that you know, then I want to let you know that starting on Tuesday, November, 29th through Thursday, December 1st, I'm going to be sharing a three-day masterclass sharing everything that I've been doing over the last 18 months to find joy, purpose, and fulfillment in my health and healing routine. So if you have felt alone in your postpartum journey since experiencing a traumatic birth, you want the community, you want connection, you want some tools in your tool belt to move your life forward, then this is the masterclass for you. This is totally free. This is going to be an awesome space, a community that we can build together, and I'm going to provide you some value and education so that you can move your needle forward towards health and happiness. You can get access to this class in the show notes underneath the link, build back better mama, or head over to my social media and I will link it there. Again, this is a free masterclass, just me sharing from one mama to another, the things that I've been doing over the past 18 months to solidify my health and fitness routine and heal my body, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, all the things. And we can be in this community together. So if that interests you, head to the show notes, click on the Build Back Better Mama link, drop your email, and that masterclass is going to kick off on Tuesday, November 29th, and all of the details will be sent to you after you drop your email. So I cannot wait. Let's freaking do it. And I'll see you in the masterclass, mama. It's so funny that you're asking this because I had a friend message me last night and she was like, I've had this thought um, around the, the, the things that we tell ourselves um, and like the voices of others that influence, influence us and the limiting thoughts and things. And I said, yeah, like limiting beliefs, the false stories that we tell ourselves usually come about because at some point we had an interaction with somebody that said something to us and we've held on to it. And it's like this deep root thing that we've held on to. And like, sometimes we can trace it back to a specific point. Sometimes we can't. And sometimes it might even be something we once told ourselves that we're still holding on to. Um, and it's just remembering like, these are false stories. Um, there's no real facts to back them up. And I definitely still have limiting beliefs. She like was like, what are some of yours? And I'm like, like one is who am I to coach people on sobriety or, you know, I am not a good manager. My full-time job, I manage people. Like they definitely still creep in. But what I've learned is what works is like one identifying that limiting belief, like 
naming it, questioning the thought, like when it pops up of like, I'm not good enough. Like, who am I to get this job? Who am I to get this promotion? Like, those are limiting beliefs that I think a lot of us can relate to, or like, I'm not a good mom. Um, And questioning that thought and like asking like, where did that come from? What it was the stem of that thought? Was it maybe I was scrolling on internet and I saw someone else and they're talking about how they don't give their kids any screen time. And I instantly am like, fuck, I'm a bad mom. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. No. You that out. But it's no, like, it's that's, that's like what happens is like a lot of times it might even just be like, somebody didn't tell you it. It's not a root cause, but the root cause is actually from you scrolling and like constantly seeing what other people are doing in their lives. And we begin to compare. And so once you can like figure out like, why am I having this thought and start to question it? And then we begin to reframe it. Right. So like, coming up with facts to back this reframe, like one, okay. Like who am I to coach people on sobriety? I have eight years of sobriety. I've done numerous coaching programs. I've read tons of books on sobriety and I've done my own research of different modalities. I've led countless groups. Like these are all the facts that led me to initially even consider starting to coach people. And so when those limiting beliefs start to come in, I come back to those facts. And so as limiting beliefs come up, like if you're someone that journals or you have a notes page on your phone, like write that limiting belief and then write down the facts that you have to back up. Um, If you get that job promotion and you start to be like, oh my gosh, like, I don't think I'm worthy to be here. It's like, well, first off, the first fact is they hired you. Yep. They they put you in that role because they believe in you. That is the biggest freaking fact 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 <laughs> fact ever if there is one. Like they put you in that seat. And then start to think about like what things happened that led you to that opportunity to believe in yourself again. And you know, really questioning that belief and then I think coming up with an affirmation of like I am knowledgeable on sobriety. I am supportive in sobriety. I am a great coach. Like positive affirmations are huge and putting them into practice. Like, you know, I, I, the other thing is, um, when we talked about these in my group on Tuesday that I meet with, um, one of the girls shared that when she has a limiting belief, she asks herself these three things. One, is it true? Two, is it helpful? And three, is it kind? Like, when we can pause and ask ourselves those three questions, usually we're able to realize like one, it's not true. Two, it's not helpful. Three, it's not very kind. And when I was talking to my friend last night, I said, you know, what's hard is self-talk, right? Like we are constantly talking to ourselves. We talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else. And so the more we can do this work um, of reframing and recognizing when a negative thought comes in play or a limiting belief comes in play and pausing and stepping back and allowing ourselves to question the thought and reframe it, it's going to help us start to build up that confidence and become um, and come to believe in ourselves more. But that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. I think if anybody tells you like, I don't have limiting beliefs, I'd be like, well, tell me how, because I feel like if you are someone that strives to grow and strives to explore what is possible in life, limiting beliefs creep up in those moments that we're beginning to expand and we're beginning to discover what we really can achieve in this life. Mm. It's just so good because it's like, 
those limiting beliefs, they're all you're whenever you don't, when you feel like shit about yourself, you're having those limiting beliefs. They're always trying to find the way to keep you safe. Like that's what Mm -hmm. I always think about. And I love those three questions. I'm totally going to use those, but it's like those limiting beliefs are trying to keep you safe and, and small, but that's, that's not life. You can't stay safe and small forever. So Mm -hmm. I, I love that reframe. And I always like, if I ever am down on myself, something that helps me is I think about what if I heard my daughter say that to herself someday? Mm -hmm. Like if I heard Ellie say this, that, or, you know, whatever, it's like, I would be like all over that, like, Oh, girl, girl, girl. No. So Mm -hmm. it's like, why do we think it's okay to do that to ourselves? But, um, I love that, but well, I think that that I will say becoming a mom has helped me and maybe you can agree with this has helped me to do more of the things that initially I didn't think I could achieve or I could do. Um, I had the idea to start my podcast in January, 2019. I didn't launch it until December, 2020. And I thought about it for a long time. I had a lot of imposter syndrome and I had my daughter in February, 2020. And honestly, like having her made me realize like, I would want her to follow her passions and to create a life that she feels so much joy towards and can look back and be proud of. And it's like, why do I not feel the same for myself? And so like that helps me a lot too. And so maybe if you're not a mom, like thinking about any kids in your life or thinking about yourself as a kid, like inner child work and like grab a picture of yourself and like make like, think about like, would you say these things to yourself as a young child? Would you say this to your kid? I love that reframe like you're talking about. And even as you're starting to question decisions in life, like, do I make this move cross country? Like, think about yourself as a kid. Like, were you a little adventurer and did that light you on fire? Like, follow that passion because there's always going to be either a voice in your head or voices around you trying to keep you safe. And at the end of the day, like, you have to be the one to make that decision and follow like your inner gut feeling and knowing and like, coming back to like, what do you feel called to create in this life? Because it's your life. You're going to have a lot of outside voices. You're going to have like, um, the ego almost like, so thinking about it as like your ego is on one shoulder and, uh, your intuition and gut is on the other. And I like to say like your intuition and gut is kind of like your little angel. Um, even though it can feel like it's making you think about really crazy and wild ideas. It's doing it because it believes that you can achieve it. And it's a desire that you have deep down inside of you. And then your ego is over here trying to keep you safe, telling you like it's a limiting beliefs. It's telling you like, who do you think you are? You can't do that. Like you'll be so alone. And it's like the the ego and the uh, gut go back and forth. And your gut is like, you don't know what's going to happen until you try, like just give it a try. And I think if you can start to recognize when your ego is trying to hold you back and keep you safe and then follow the gut and intuition and recognize it as an opportunity to expand, you're going to be able to just like go out and live this life that is so amazing. And it's not to say there's definitely challenges when you follow your gut and intuition, like, but I kind of got off on a tangent, but I I just think it's, um, it's important to recognize like playing it safe, like it might feel good in that moment, but you're going to want to look back and see that you went out and followed um, the things that you felt called to do. And you created a life that you can be really, really proud of and excited about. And I mean, I battle with those thoughts all the time of like, should I do this? Should I do that? And sometimes it's 
not always going to pop up the answer right away, but I think when you can get closer to like following that feeling within yourself and then also like coming back to like your, who you were as a kid. And I love what you said about like thinking about like with your daughter too. I think that's huge. Yeah. Shit gets real, real when you are raising a daughter and you're like, Oh wait, I don't want her to do all that crap. I did. (laughs) Okay. I don't think you went on a tangent. I think it loops right back to what you said with sober living, sober curiosity, and that unknown fear of like, if I stop drinking or if I explore this, I'm going to lose it all, or I'm, I'm going to be alone or not have a community, whatever. So, um, for someone who's listening to this right now, and they're thinking about, you know, they're having a gut, their intuition is saying, girl, you gotta stop. You gotta stop getting another truly, or, you know, white claw, whatever it is at the end of the day. Um, what would you say to her? What's her first step? Yeah. I think if you are feeling like curious about what is possible within sobriety, I think the first thing is honestly just doing some research. Like if you know other people that are already living that life, reach out to them. Cause I'm telling you like getting connected from the start and having that accountability piece and being honest with them about like where you're at in this journey of just like, Hey, I actually have no freaking clue, but I'm a little bit intrigued about, you know, I see that you're sober and I'd love to just talk with you. I have never met a sober person that would not be willing to have a conversation with you and talk about the life that they are living. The second thing I would say is like, go online and literally just Google like sober. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, come work with me. I would love to work with you. I would love to work with you, but like, I'm always open. Like, I'm actually, I have a woman that reached out to me about um, connecting with her daughter. Her daughter's looking for sober connections. And I was like, great, let's do it. Let's jump on a call. And I just think getting connected to somebody first. So if you don't know somebody firsthand, like literally Google or like Instagram hashtag sober, and you're going to find sober people also go to sober TikTok. Sober TikTok is lit. Like it is the best thing. And if you are looking for someone that's sober, that is your age, you will find them on sober TikTok because (laughs) there are all different people showing up on there. They're sharing their stories. They're talking about why they got sober. They're talking about how to manage cravings. Um, There's just so much available right now. Like I wish I had all of the things at my fingertips um, when I first got sober. So like, I would say one, shoot me a DM, like right now, just send me a DM. Like first step, but like, if you don't feel comfortable talking to me, um, I I like to think I'm very personable and, uh, but if you don't feel comfortable with me, reach out to someone else that, you know, um, and check out the tempest, um, me and my girlfriends host a group on Wednesday nights. It's an all women's group called free spirits. It's Wednesday, 7 PM central, like hop on. You don't even have to have your camera on. You can just listen. Um, it's another way to just get plugged in. And we have people from all over the country that are joining and it's so cool. I've, we just started it in September. Um, I'm getting ready to do another program in January. Like, I mean, I, I would be happy, like literally to just talk with you. But I think the biggest thing is following that feeling. Like it's popping up for a reason. And I'd be lying to you if I said like, when I first thought about getting sober, like I did not first think about getting sober. My family told me I should get sober. Um, So maybe that's relatable to you too. But there are people in my group, they thought about it for a while. 
And, um, actually I just had a woman on my podcast that shared her sobriety journey. And she talks about like the contemplation stage of like, she was in the contemplation stage for a while of like thinking about not drinking, wasn't really sure, kept drinking, started to um, moderate. And like, you might be in that phase for a little while and that's okay too. And that's super normal. It's not like you might say, I don't know, I think I want to stop drinking and you just stop. I mean, there are definitely people that have done that, but know that like, it's a journey to get there and to figure out what works for you to find the right path. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, Kate, of just like knowing that it takes a little bit of trial and error. And I forget exactly how you said it, but I loved it. Cause it was like, be brave to explore something that you yeah, said. And like, I think just that's like, so important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I also feel like as I'm talking to you, I'm like, I could literally never put you and Zach in a room together because it is so true. Like any, I feel like anyone we know too, through like his AA community, it's like, oh Lord, we're going to be here. Cause it's like the old, <laughs> like the old war stories. Like, it's like, oh God, God, I love you. Um, okay. I could talk to you forever. Cause I find this absolutely fascinating. And I feel like you just did just such a great job of kind of debunking some of these myths. And I loved the limiting belief talk and all of those things. So we're going to link, if you're listening to this and you need, you know, like Alex said, like reach out to Alex, if you are curious about this, or if you have a friend, we're going to link all of her resources in the show notes so that you can kind of dive into this. Um, and so Alex, we always kind of end the, I mean, that's, that's all we have time for. Like I said, I could literally talk to you all day, but thank you so much for sharing all of this. And before you go, I just have a couple of questions that I always ask. They're completely off topic, but they're just kind of fun for my guests. Um, so the first one is what is your go-to coffee order when you go to get a coffee? Or if you drink matcha or tea, but like we're coffee people on the Kate take. <laughs> yes, I, um, well, right now I had to get this before. This is why I yes. was running late. Okay. Um, I'm a Starbucks girl. If I get Starbucks, I'm also like to get, I like to get local if I can, but if I get Starbucks right now, my drink is the caramel brulee latte, no whip with oat milk. It is, it's probably not good for me, but that's okay. It's delicious. Um, but if I'm drinking at like a local coffee shop, I love spot house and I like to get the oat milk caramella. So if you're local to Minnesota, go and get it. It's delicious, yes. hot or iced. Spy house coffee too is always like, woo, like you're just like, you're yeah. ready to go. Yep. Um, okay. And I know you're about to go teach your fitness class, but what is like your go-to workout song right now that if you hear it, you're like, fuck yes, I'm going to crush <laughs> it. What is like your on repeat right now? Okay. So I have SoundCloud, so this might be cheating. So if you're on SoundCloud, it is, um, the, I don't fuck with you remix with intoxicated. Um, and it is so good. It slaps, but if we're on, um, Spotify, it is bad by David Guetta. It's like an older song, but it just like, it starts off with like a good beat and then it just goes and you're like ready to like crush the end of the workout. I love that. I'm like, every time I hear these two, I'm like, I'm going to add these. And then last thing, Alex, like what is just one thing that you really hope in this sort of a loaded last question, but like when you are like 90 and you're wrinkly and you're, you know, an old ass lady and you look back at your life, like what's one thing you hope people are like, damn, like Alex, she left this impression on me or like mm -hmm. kind of a little bit of like the legacy you want to leave. When you look back someday, you're going to be so proud that you did it. I think the legacy that I want to leave is honestly just showing people that they have the capability 
to create a life that feels really true and authentic to them. Um, I feel like when I was growing up, I felt that there was a specific path that I had to go down, um, the right career, um, the right, like job, like the right family, the right home, like all these specifics. And it felt like I had to be in this box. And as I've gotten older, I've realized like none of that is true. And I just want to show people like they get to take their power and create a life that feels right to them. So if it's nomading, if it's living alcohol free, if it is moving to a whole nother country, like whatever it is, like you can do that. And like, you will be happy living a life that is true to you. And so like, when I'm old, I hope that I showed people like it is possible. They are wildly capable of creating their version of life that fills them up. Mm. I freaking love it. And I can say that you're definitely on your way to doing that, Alex. So thank you so much for chatting with us today. And I appreciate you so much. Guys, go follow Alex on all of her social media. Alex, um, what's your Instagram handle? Let's leave there. Otherwise, everything will be in the show notes. It is just my name, Alexandra Zahner, Z-A-U-N-E-R. Awesome, guys. Go DM her. Go get all the deets. And Alex, um, thanks so much for being so awesome. I'll see you guys later. Thank you.